How we going, mates? Welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith. I am riding solo again today. The big trade happened today with the Mariners and the Blue Jays. Teoscar Hernandez for Eric Swanson. I want to get into that. I want to get into my thoughts on Mitch Hanniger. Where is he going to be in 2023? I want to get into that. Is he going to be in a Mariners uniform? I have a few things to say about that. I also want to get into the manager of the year, Scott Service, Terry Francona, Brandon Hyde. My thoughts on that too. Before we get into it, make sure you go subscribe. That would help out massively. Go click the subscribe button. Go leave a review. Go follow us on social media, whatever you got to do to keep up with every single episode. We've got some good ones coming up this off-season as we roll into holiday season and beyond and then into spring training. I will be going to the winter meetings. I'm excited about that. I'll be down at the winter meetings early December. Everything's going to go crazy down there. I went down pre-COVID. It was an absolute blast. Loved it. All right. Let's get into it for another episode of The Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Face a Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. As six. Victor Martinez and Grant Belfort joining and benches have cleared. My goodness. This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Alrighty, first of all, big news. Teoscar Hernandez is coming to the Seattle Mariners. At first, I looked at that and I'm thinking to myself, okay, what do you have to give up to get an established outfielder? And then the minute I see, now nothing against my friends down there in the bullpen whatsoever. Uh, look, if you're giving up bullpen arms and you're giving up prospects, I'm all for it. To get an established outfielder, someone who hits the ball, that kind of Hard hit rate, not to geek out on, on any of the the, uh, the numbers, but you got a guy who stays up the middle the way Teoscar Hernandez does, was still able to put up big numbers. He was battling some injuries last year. Uh, he had some issues early on in the year, then he kept fouling the ball off his foot, and he had to keep playing. The Blue Jays were good, so he kept playing, but he's going into, first of all, Teoscar Hernandez, going into his free agent year in 2023, you know how that works. These guys go into that free agent year and they just absolutely go off because it's a big year. They're, he's having a big winter right now. Um, and then what do you give up for him? Eric Swanson, look, unreal numbers. He was a big part of the bullpen last year. But look, we all know. And again, I, I'll say this when I was even when I was pitching when I was down in that bullpen. Bullpen arms are so expendable. Bullpen arms are inconsistent. I've seen that over and over and over. You can get some dudes who stick around year after year, but there's injuries involved, there's performance, there's all these little things. I mean, even you know guys who start to 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 taper off, who get absolutely blown up, they get used so much in in July, August, all of a sudden they start to taper off in the month of September. All these things. If you can just make a revolving door down in that bullpen bring guys up from AAA, have someone resurrect their career down in that bullpen, 
that's how it's going to be. That is how the bullpen is going to be shaped up. Now, that doesn't mean that the Mariners don't need to go out this offseason and make the bullpen a priority. I'm not saying that. But you have to have just an absolute stable of dudes. And when you can give up just one arm out of that, which is already a really good bullpen last year, who knows what it's going to be next year. I'm not going to sit and go, oh, their bullpen's great because you, those guys are just – it's just so random with what happens to, to, to dudes down in that pen. But when you can give up just a, just a bullpen arm – and then you go and give up a prospect. Like I said, for Teosco Hernandez, go for it. Now, this young kid, what is he, number eight prospect? Mako, Mako, little lefty. I saw him in the Arizona Fall League. He's good. And I know the Blue Jays were, were hot and bothered to try and get him. They were calling the Mariners like you know about a dozen times to try and get him in the system. That's what that's the gonna be the price you're gonna pay. This is such a massive, crucial offseason for what happens in the next five years for the Seattle Mariners right now, this offseason. I still said that last offseason, but we had to deal with that stupid lockout, that CBA, that, that everyone was locked out. That made it really, really hard when it came to trying to land some of these big free agents, especially if you're the Seattle Mariners. Now, nothing against my Mariners, but when you're in a situation where you're going in, you know there's going to be a lockout happening. Let's go back to last offseason. You know there's going to be that lockout happening. Some of these players, they kind of rush to get that deal done. If their agent agent or whoever it is or, or they've heard that this lockout may you know, cut into the beginning of the season, which it nearly did, by the way, well, then you're, you know, you're primed to go basically, all right, I'm going to, I've got – how many options do I have here? I've got this option, that option, this option. I'm going to go for it. When you're a team like the Mariners, you have to – Wine and dine, you have to do some recruiting. You have to get your t- some, some of the, the guys who are already on the team to you know, shoot a text message, out, hey, let me, a text message out, hey, let me know when you want to jump on the phone to talk about the city of Seattle or whatever it may be. Talk about the clubhouse, talk about the pitching coach, talk about you know, the thoughts on the front office, whatever it may be. When you're in a situation like that, you need time to essentially work these free agents in, in, into saying, hey, look, this is the place for you. Now, the Mariners, this is why this offseason is so crucial, right? It doesn't stop at Teoscar Hernandez, nowhere near. I mean, they, they've still got a lot of work to do. And we're going to get to Mitch Hanniger here in a second. This is why this is such a crucial offseason. You've just had a team that had a, a, their first playoff berth in 20-something years, 20-plus years, okay? You have a situation now where you have, you've locked in, obviously, Julio Rodriguez, uh, I'll throw J.P. Crawford in there as well. Luis Casti, you've locked them in for the next half a, half of a decade. This is kind of your core of players. You want to make that worth something. So this is that time that when you're in a situation where you go off to that team or that agent or they're calling you and that player or that agent says, hey, look, listen, Tommy Smith, super superstar free agent, you want to go win? Okay, check. Check the box. The Mariners are, are, are in to win right now. That, that's pretty obvious. All right, here's a spot for you. You want a situation where if you sign a long-term deal, you sign a five-year deal here. In year two, year three, they're not a team or, or an organization, right? Because the way they're, they're structured right now, that's just going to flip you in two years. That's not going to happen either, right? And number three, all of a sudden now, you they've been on the national stage. You've seen Julio Rodriguez all over the place. You've seen him in the playoffs, everything else. So the Mariners right now are in a situation where they can go out. They don't have to groom this recruiting process like crazy and 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 try and win out or add these extra two years on lumping onto a contract to make sure they land some of these big free agents. 
this is a way more attractive place to play if you're if you're a player. Now on the on the front office side of things, you also have someone who's now your GM. Now you obviously got Jerry Depoto who oversees everything, but the dude who's making the calls, Justin Hollander. I love the fact that he went from assistant GM to the GM, and here's why. The last two to five years, and, and, and uh, what I mean by that is over them picking out some whiz kid who is some analytics expert who you know, ran minor league, the minor leagues or from the Milwaukee Brewers or was the head of scouting somewhere who you know, is due for a big promotion or whatever it may be. I don't know. The, the difference is when you put a Justin Hollander in there, right? He has been in that room with Jerry Depoto when it comes to talking to GMs about trading this player. He has been the dude on the phone. Robbie Ray, he was instrumental in bringing Robbie Ray over. He was on the phone literally every single time to say, listen, this is, this is why you should come to Seattle. When you have someone like that in a position that, that he's in right now with the Mariners doing what they're, what they're about to do this offseason, they're in a great spot. If they had brought in, not saying that they were considering anyone else besides Justin Holland, but let's say hypothetically, let's say they bring in Joe Schmo, who was the head of scouting, but he's some, you know, Ivy League whiz kid or whatever. So someone said, "Oh, this this kid's amazing," and we've seen that. Look, I'm not going to lie. Look, Jack Sorenzi came in. I think he was a scouting background or something like that, right? <laughs> but when you roll in someone like that, it takes years to build up the rapport. It takes years to have that. The, to really feel out another team, another GM, another head of baseball, another whoever it is to figure out what you're getting on the other side of a trade. For example, we all know that clubhouse dynamic is massive. You have no idea when you're calling up you know, um, the, the GM of whoever, right? Any other team. Hey, what's up, man? I just want to introduce myself. We've never spoken on the phone ever. Hey, you've got this guy. We're, we're interested in player X. You want player Y from us, and they talk. You have no idea, really, essentially, what you're going to get when it comes to that conversation at all. So Justin Hollander has been there, so perfect. He's in a great spot. It's like he's been the GM basically, you know, since he was the assistant GM. Now, the term assistant GM, by the way, I will say this: just like on the office, assistant to the GM, Dwight Schrute. Some of these guys, they are the assistant to the GM. They're just basically. They're, they're doing some of the, the um, you know, some of the busy work. Justin Hollander was not that at all. He's in a great spot. He's, he's, he's the dude right now that, that I, I feel like he, he's primed to have a massive, massive offseason. Now, Tioscar Hernandez comes over in this big trade. What does that mean for Mitch Hanniger? Now, I love Mitch. He's been on this show before. If you haven't listened to him, uh, you can go back and listen to what he had to say last offseason going into this year. I want to see Mitch Hanniger in a, in a Mariners uniform, 100%. I, 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 I like the way he plays. I like the way he prepares. I love when I hear from other players like Taylor Trammell, even on this podcast, talked about what Mitch Hanniger meant to him as a young player. But this is the situation. Let me lay it out for you. Mitch Hanniger is coming off. First of all, 2021 was a big comeback year. He was healthy and he, he had a big year, 39 home runs. Uh, and then he's going into 2022. We all know about, you know, let's end this F and drought, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. We're going, we're going to end this F and drought. Um, and you look at him and say, okay, he's part of the fabric here in Seattle. Well, he, he's, here's a couple, couple thoughts on that. Mitch Hanniger was injured pretty much all year. Played, what, 50-something games. 
and he essentially underperformed. When you look at some of the, 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 some of the different numbers, I wouldn't say he underperformed, but on, on the surface, it's not a situation that you can go in if you're him and his agent can go into this uh, free agent market and demand a, call it a five-year five year deal, hundred plus million, hundred plus million dollars, hundred plus, you call them 100, 200, 300, whatever. That's kind of what he's after. That's what Mitch Hanniger, he's sees himself in the same sentence as some of these other big time free agents. He was an all-star. He got out of 2021 and said, all right, this is my free agent year. And it was frustrating, but no matter what happens this year, I'm going into this free agency right now and I'm going to get absolutely paid. If the Mariners want to come along and sign me to some extension, which they would have, and he would have accepted it by now. We've seen that all year long, especially the second half of this season. We've seen him go out and extend Luis Castillo, obviously Julio Rodriguez. We've seen him commit, even Jesse Winker, I mean, locking up his arbitration years, seeing J.P. Crawford in spring training. That that kind of carrot was dangled in front of Mitch Hanniger. No chance it was going to happen, okay? Because he's looking at this. This is his time. He's a free agent. So what's going to happen now is the... Situation is this, Mitch Hanniger is going to hold out for 30 teams to pay him a lot of years and then whatever, you know, insert whatever dollar amount, but it's more about how many years, right? He's going to hold out for that. The Mariners are not in a position, I just talked about Justin Hollander and everything that's going on and seeing this trade right now, even Tioscar Hanniger, they're not going to sit around and, you know, hopefully from a, from a team standpoint and a Mitch Hanniger standpoint, they're not going to wait around till February to get something done. They're, they're not in a position to do that. They are in a position right now to strike hardcore and, and be able to be in a situation where they can beat the Houston Astros. So that's where it's going to be that. I'm not even going to call a stalemate. It's going to be, look, Mitch, this is kind of where we're at. It's going to be so underwhelming for him and his agent, right? Because he's sticking his chest out saying, no, 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 this is what I'm worth. And, and granted, he's had a great career and it's unfortunately he's been injured. Right, so he's going to do that. He's going to go talk to these teams, and teams are going to, you know, oh, we'll give you this, but we'll only give you that, and blah blah blah. That's going to be a long, drawn out process for Mitch Hanniger. I feel kind of bad for him uh, because he's going to have to deal with this these next couple months. So, with that being said, I will declare that, and I can be wrong, and you can argue with me too. Feel free, reach out to me. Uh, you can you can DM me on Twitter or, or at hyphen eighteen or. Um, on on Instagram, or you can you can write into this show. I leave a little uh, question box if you're on Spotify if you if you want to ask a question. You can argue with me here, but I will say right now, Mitch Hanniger will not be a Seattle Mariner in 2023. That is a that's my prediction, uh, and I hate to say that. I want to see Mitch back here in 2023, but I hate to say that. Now, with that being said, I'm, it's not because I'm sitting here and I, I spoke about this a couple episodes ago. About, oh, Jesse Winker is going to be absolutely amazing um, because he's going to you know get strong this offseason, get after it, et cetera. They, I think the Mariners will have to go out and be aggressive right now. They haven't got time to hang out. They've already done this with Teoscar Hernandez. They have to get maybe another option in the outfield. And then they have to address the middle infield uh, and then obviously the bullpen as well. So while they're doing all that, Mitch is going to go hang out saying, hey, I want five years, six years, whatever it may be. And the Mariners just going, oh, look, we, we like you, Mitch. We don't like you that much. Here it is. The other part of this is too, on a side note, let's not forget, you go back to this season. When Mitch Hanniger had that injury, he came back from the COVID IL. He's in Miami, if you remember. There's that at bat. And he, and he basically 
had the 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 ankle issue. When he was coming back with that, he was kind of coming back on his terms, right? And I'm not saying he was being stubborn about it, but he was in a situation where the Mariners said, listen, we need you back. This is your timeline. And he was like, nope, I'll let you know when I'm ready. And granted, that that's not a bad thing. As a player, you don't want to rush back. And when he came back, he was 100% healthy. He was able to play the outfield right away. Now, a lot of that, the, the, the writing on the wall, when you see that, is him, his agent, his whoever – is saying, look, when you show up, when you get out of this IL stint, you want to come out being an athletic outfielder, showing off that arm, which he did. You want to show absolute range because it's going to affect your free agent value when you get into the play, into the uh, post, into the um, into the winner. So when you see all those things, that's just another telltale sign that he is going to hold out for that big five year deal. I don't see the Mariners going there with it. Um, which, like I said, it's a bummer because, look, Jared Kelnick and Taylor Trammell has been on the show as well. Great interview. All those guys, you cannot sit there and go, oh, okay, well, I guess Kelnick's going to be our right fielder now. You can't. You cannot. You're not in a position to do that. You want to get within games of the Houston Astros in 2023? You can't do that. I'm not saying Jared Kelnick is not going to put up numbers, but he has to go out. He has to scratch and claw his way, just like he did this year. He has to scratch and claw his way into a starting position. That is something you're going to have to earn because the Mariners right now are in a situation where they're winning games in 2023. They're contending to go to the, not the playoffs. We've done that. Let's get to the World Series. You're not going to do that just by saying, yeah, yeah, hey, we're good. Hopefully one of these young guys pan out. You cannot go, hopefully young guy pan out anymore. That's You just can't do that. And we've seen that. We've seen that with some of these young guys. All right, speaking of the Mariners, handling their team and managing <laughs> that Scott service, man. i got to give it. The, look, I'm sure he does not care. gives a rat's ass about manager of the year. Maybe he does. I don't know. But it was Scott service, Terry Francona, Brandon Hyde, Terry Francona, the manager of the Cleveland guardians and Brandon Hyde, the manager of the Baltimore Orioles. All right, let, let's go into the three of them. First of all, Terry Francona won. All right. Now, granted, great dude. I haven't heard, not heard one bad thing about him. Team was not expected to do anything. Uh, and they they pulled it out, got to the playoffs, amazing. Okay, so again, he deserves to win Manager of the Year. But a couple things on on that, and I'll get to Brandon Hyde here in a second. Terry Francona was playing in the American League Central. All right, the the closest team he had. Now they won ninety two games. All right, so there's not a whole lot to go off when it comes to stats here. Uh, you have to go off basically what you know, what the team, the player, excuse me, the team and the manager had to deal with. But you, I think the closest team was like 85 wins, I think it was, and that was the White Sox. You had underperforming twins, underperforming White Sox, and everything, and the Royals, whatever. It, it, look, again, I, I know he can't pick up the, the city of Cleveland and move it geographically just to any, you know, to, to that. that's where he's in. He's in the central and he did a great job, whatever. But, Come on. I mean, let's go. That's number one. Number two, let's talk about Brandon Hyde for a second. When you're in a situation, and I want to get into some of this stuff that goes on in the clubhouse here in a minute, but Brandon Hyde, he was kind of, I wouldn't say Scott Service last year, but the Orioles were not expected to do anything this year. So on the surface, you look at that and say, wow, Orioles were not supposed to be good. Wow, look at that. And, and they won a bunch of games and they got really close to the playoffs. But here's the deal. When you're managing a team like that, now I'm talking about your app, your actual skill as a manager. Brandon Hyde's awesome. He's going to have a job for a long time. Don't get me wrong. But when you're talking about manager of the year here, 
the quote-unquote managing your roster. Brandon Hyde goes into this year as a situation where they, it's a developmental role. You go in, you've got young players, you've got a couple of veterans, you've got Adley Rutschman coming up, and you go into this year and say, you know what, whatever happens, happens. Hopefully these guys develop. We've got young players coming up after this, et cetera, et cetera. Then all of a sudden you find yourself, man, we're winning a bunch of games. Team's having a blast. There's no expectations. There's no pressure. If you don't get to the playoffs, no one cares. Honestly, I mean, in Baltimore, the feeling when you leave Baltimore, and this is the difference when you're talking about managing a roster and media and front office and blah, blah, blah. Everyone's like, man, great job, Brandon Hyde. He did an amazing job. Don't get me wrong. But you roll out of that year, I guarantee if you're in Baltimore watching that team, you're like, oh, man, that was a fun ride. I've seen it here in Seattle a bunch, by the way. That was a fun ride. We didn't get to the playoffs. We weren't expected to. But, man, that was a fun ride. Great. So the, 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 when you're talking about the skill of managing, it's a little bit different. Speaking of that, with Scott Service, when you're managing a team, first of all, I, t- I said this before, Scott Service was Brandon Hyde last year in 2021. He didn't get, he didn't get uh, they gave it to Kevin Cash over there in Tampa, which, again, deserved it. Now, from a managerial standpoint, let's not forget, Scott Service comes into this year after a lockout. So you have a situation where, well, let, let, let's go back to spring training. Come out of the lockout, you your roster's not ready to roll. It is not ready because you weren't in a situation where you could go out and get the, the free agents you wanted. I've talked about that earlier because the lockout made it really tough for a team like the Mariners to, to pick up those free agents. Everyone's scrambling at the end. Oh, the Mets, the Yankees, or whoever, these big teams that are going to win, just sign me up. Boom, I'm good. Get that big deal. Off you go. The nuances of your contract, whatever, I'll look at beyond that because I want to be on a team, blah, 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 blah. So the Mariners go into this and, and – I can't remember what day it was, the spring training. They make that trade to get Jesse Winker and, and Eugenio Suarez. Now, first of all, from a manager standpoint, you walk into that with a team that's supposed to be good. They're supposed to end this effing drought, using Mitch Hanniger's words. You go into spring training. You don't even know what your roster is going to look like. Then you get two players, two key crucial players in the middle of your lineup come in. So you've got to get to know them really quickly. And you have to manage some big personalities. We've seen that, right? Now, I'm, I'm, I haven't even gotten past spring training yet. Then you go into April, May, and, and you hit some East Coast trips that were just absolutely ruthless. You find yourself 10 games under 500, okay, because of lack of performance. Not because the way you were managing a bullpen or anything, it was straight up lack of performance. So now you're in a situation where you're two months, you're 60 something games into this year, whatever it was, I can't remember. They're 10 games under 500. I have been on those teams. Look back at some of the teams I was on. You are going to lose. If you cannot quote unquote manage your team, guess what? You are going to lose 80 to 90 to 100 games and it's going to be a shit show. You're going to lose your job. And matter of fact, for Scott Service, his job was literally a phone call away from saying, look, we have to go in another direction because fans are pissed off and there's pressure to make a move. They obviously didn't make a move and good thing they didn't. So when you're talking about managing inside that clubhouse, how do you get it back from 10 games under to all of a sudden get into a situation where your team's good again, before, not, not before the end of the year, before the trade deadline. Now, you are not making some of these big moves. You are simply not getting Luis Castillo. If you continue and you don't have that managerial skill to win manager of the year, <laughs> if you can't dig your team out of the hole quickly, right? And that's exactly what he did. And how do you do it? By managing 
characters, managing personalities, managing all the human elements that we just simply don't see. And I guarantee you these these voters simply don't see. They look at it and go, oh, yeah, 90-something win, blah, blah, blah. Got to the playoffs, didn't get all the way through. They had a good team. Sorry, you get you only get one vote. Oh, sorry, two votes. Right, so when you factor some of these things in, and again, I'm not hit, I'm not knocking the writers by any means, but when you or whoever votes for this thing, I'm just saying that a lot of these things, when you talk about being a manager, just don't seem to factor in when they really should. So that's my argument on that. Scott Service probably doesn't care. He's going to be a manager for a long time. Obviously, he has such a good rapport with the front office. He's already been. Um, in a situation where he's 10 games under and they're starting to question whether he's the guy. He's already been there. He's hit rock bottom. He's done the developmental thing. He's got a good team. He's been through thick and thin with this same core of players who are the same core is going to be there the next three to five years and everything else. So I, if I'm Scott Service, I don't get manager of the year. I don't care. It's, it's not like a situation, by the way, too, and that in two years from now you get fired. You go, Hold on, I won manager of the year two years ago. No one cares. It's the most cutthroat industry when it comes to managers and head coaches and whatever. There is. It's insane. And we've, we're going to see even more of that too because you had a classic example. You got Joe Girardi who they ended up, he was the scapegoat of that Phillies team that was underperforming. They fire him and then the team goes to the World Series guess what front offices do 23 and beyond? They're like, oh, well, it's probably a good thing if we cut our manager in May. You're going to see more of that, even more of that now because of because of what we saw here from Joe Girardi getting fired. You never see that. Jack McKean with the Marlins went on to, to, to win a World Series. You never see that. You never see a team fire their manager and then have good vibes after that. It just doesn't work. I've been in locker rooms where your coaches get fired it just sucks it friggin sucks because you look around you blame each other you blame each other because someone just lost their friggin job and they're going home so that's my take on the scott service situation again if you feel differently hit me up on social media especially about mitch hanniger i, I hate to say it i want to see the guy back love watching him play he's such a good dude and he can friggin absolutely hit he would help the mariners out a bunch i just don't think the mariners are in a situation where they are going to wait around for him to figure out that he's only going to get, call it, two-year deal, three-year deal. Or he might even do one of these new ones too, and I hate seeing this as well, doing the uh, Correa deal where I'm signing a three-year deal, but I've got an option at the end of each one of them, which is just like the dumbest, most rental thing I've ever seen. It makes no sense. That last year with the Twins. And, and again, it's not good for fans. It's not good for the organization, teammates, everything, where you have a situation like Correa signs – if you remember last year, he signed that three-year deal with the Twins and he could opt out and they could um, – the, the, both parties could you know, opt to go in another direction. And he hit well. Guess what? So he was basically using the Twins to showcase to become a big free agent, which he is right now. So um, with that being said too, when people talk about – I said this in an episode a couple of episodes ago about J.P. Crawford and some people argued with me. Which I love, by the way. Feel free. Just if you got some thoughts, let me know. I said this about someone said, "Oh, you got to bring Correa into play shortstop, move JP." Do not do that, please. Look, I don't know the dude, but if he's going to be in, a, if he's going to be a situation, if the Mariners hypothetically did this one-year option thing, please don't do that. It's an absolute nightmare. Don't do it. All right, guys, that's it for me. Just a couple thoughts on the big trade today. Love the trade, by the way, Eric Swanson. I wish you all the best. But when you can give up a bullpen arm prospect. For a guy like Teoscar Hernandez, let's do it. Guy stings. 
the ball all over the place. It's going to be a fun off-season. I am going to uh, the winter meetings in December. I can't wait. Uh, so hit me up uh, at hyphen 18, or you can hit up at the Top Step Podcast on Instagram and at Top Step Podcast on Twitter. Make sure you follow it. You're going to have a bunch of episodes. Grant Balfe will be joining me again very soon. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Rock, 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 rock. Hey!